1: What's up, guys? Welcome into our first uh, edition of On the Daily. I am one of your hosts, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jones tfr. Uh, we will we will get the whole gang together with all of the uh, all my new co hosts uh, in the coming weeks. But I wanted to have the the legendary Anthony Amico uh, on to talk about some of his process. You can find him on Twitter at amixta, obviously, and you can find his work over at FTN. What's up, man? what's up buddy getting the uh, gang back together
0: yeah pretty excited i mean you're obviously way too nice to me because i'm very average at most things but i'm definitely stoked to talk to you uh, i mean we dm a lot but it's nice to kind of just get on the airwaves again
1: yeah i was i was uh i was just saying to my wife the other day how i i talk to you basically daily and uh and we we still haven't we still haven't figured out uh you know the whole in real life thing uh being just a state away, but. Um, you know, a little bit of weird times right now. Yeah, definitely fair. We'll 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 book a golf trip at some point once this is kind of settled. Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, I wanted to get you on today. Uh, obviously we're we're not talking anything too slate specific because there's there's still a, a lot of time in between now and uh, and the and kickoff of the first games. Uh, but I wanted to put together a little bit of a series and just talk, uh, talk some process stuff, some, some evergreen things and, uh, and see, you know, where, how different people approach, uh, different slates. So, uh, to start off, I figured we would start with something a little bit more basic and just go like, what are some, what are some mistakes, uh, that jump out to you that you see people making in DFS, uh, that you could, uh. That you think would be uh, pretty easy fixes. Well,
0: I I think I think probably the two biggest mistakes people make just relates to goals and like having established goals. If you're playing, I mean, uh, how you manage your bankroll, how you select your contests, like those things really need to kind of fit those goals. So, if you're someone that wants to just get a sweat in and and have a chance to win a million dollars, like you want to play the millie, like that's cool. Like if you're someone who wants to really grind and you know take your 6% Six percent ROI at the end of the year—that's cool. Uh, if you want an MME every week and you know have like those kinds of swings, that's cool. But like the the what you do as a result of that in terms of how you manage your bankroll and how you select your contests uh, really should back that up. So I, I, you know, I'm definitely more on the side of conservative bankroll management, except probably for week one where I always <laughs> managed to just kind of like jam it in. Um, I mean, you get some pretty good high equity contests, but that's besides the point. Like, I I think, I think kind of like starting from that framework of of what, what are you looking to accomplish creates, creates uh, like a structure that you should follow. And, you know, a lot of people don't do that. And that's just like a life thing, I guess, not even a DFS thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think that that's, uh, you know, you see, obviously we've, we've talked about this on Uh, previous years of on the daily I've talked about it on my show you see the screenshot life and uh and you think that that's just like you know a given that at some point you're gonna you're gonna figure it out and that is not not the case for everybody (laughs) um so like you said setting setting like a reasonable goal and sticking to what you're you know what what type of contests and also understanding what contests you're good at like I know for me, in like 150 lineups in golf is super manageable for me. And I love, I love doing that build. But in NFL, like I, there is not, there's not a shot that I am building 150 lineups, uh, basically under any circumstance. I tried that for like two weeks a couple of years ago and I was like, nope, not, not gonna, (laughs) not gonna do it. Um, so what, when you're, when you're getting into the lobby, what are the, uh, contests that you feel, Uh, maybe you have an edge in, are you, are you making 150 lineups? Where do you, where do you sort of like to live in the, in the lobby?
0: Yeah, for football, I like to prioritize more in the MME space. Um, I, you know, I, I, have definitely played the other games. Like I I've played cash. I've played single entry and I still will probably do those things intermittently on the right slate, but I'm definitely trying to get most of my money in every week in multi entry. Uh, I just think that right now, like the NFL space is pretty efficient. Like there's a lot of information. There's a lot of really good, smart analysis out there. Um, and you know, I mean, FTN is one of these places. Like there's so many, there's so many sites that are basically popping up all the time. Like there, a lot of, a lot of people are going to have access to really good information when it comes to football. So I think that the edge in cash games is growing a little smaller, um, I think for someone like me, who's not really like a, like a high or nosebleed stakes kind of player, like grinding that edge in in cash is a little less fruitful. So I'd rather try to kind of get those big gains in bankroll uh, in, in multi-entry. So that's usually where I'm looking first. You know, I just want to see like which multi-entry games have the best pay structure. I try to avoid the ones that are just like, you know, mega top prize. And then five spots later, you're making like eight bucks, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) Um, so I'm not going to be really entering the Millie. I, I, the mini max for me is is like the kind of context contest where it's like, that's like your low stakes Millie, you know, like, so those two are, are tough for me, I think to play, but you know, there's usually some really good contests, uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel, honestly, that you can, that you can kind of get into.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I don't think people pay enough attention to you know, second through 20th in uh, payouts in GPPs in general. Um, You know, I mean, I I've tweeted about it a bunch like in in golf, especially it's I think it's even worse uh, than NFL for the Millie. But uh, I think the last time I played uh, a millionaire maker was probably like 2016 or something like that. I I, it's just not something that I'm and I'm not maxing it like if I'm not going to play the, uh, you know, the full however many entries you're allowed i'm just i'm not entering that particular contest um do you do you also uh feel that way or are you willing to uh play less less entries than than you're allowed i i'm with you i i want to max i mean i i'm
0: not on like i'm not like one of these like crazy like no avatar guys on twitter they're like oh like just 150 entry everything like you're gonna win like i don't believe that but i do think that you know, there's strategy involved in building that 150, uh, lineup portfolio. And I think I'm pretty good at that. So, uh, I don't really like, even if it's 20 max, you know, same kind of deal. So like, I don't like to kind of like give up some of that edge. Uh, if I'm going to play less then usually that just means that maybe like I'm adding on to like some other contests, like maybe I'll play a few 20, like two or three 20 maxes and then get in like 90 entries in a, in a one fifty something like that. Um, so I'll still have my 150, and I'll still be able to kind of manage that. Right. Um, I just won't be necessarily full in, in that one contest.
1: But you're not making you're not making two two lineups in a no. 150 max, uh, basically under any circumstance, right? No, never. If I mean,
0: if I was going to do that, I would just play
1: three max or single
0: entry. Like those contests are just way better if you're going to build that way. Yeah. Because um, to get enough leverage, I feel like on the field with one entry your odds of winning obviously are, are very, very low. So you're just kind of like, unless you're playing just like a, a very micro amount of your bankroll every
1: week. Like you're just gonna be pumping that away anyway. Yeah, for sure. At uh, the, the, the five entry max is kind of where I, uh, where I like to live. They had the three point stance, uh, every so often last year. I'm hoping that that's i uh, I'm hoping that's a, a, a more normal thing. That was one of my favorite contests two seasons ago. So, um, and that's on DraftKings, obviously. So, uh, let's let's take a, a step back from the contest selection, and um, like, what's what what does your process look like as you work your way through from when salaries drop? Like, what what's the first thing you're doing uh, to start off your your research for the week? All right, I'm going to do something that
0: I'm probably not allowed to do, but can we go back actually for one second? Yeah. I, I just want to say one thing about like cash games and head-to-head stuff like that because i this is something that i think a lot of people don't realize when they like reg these games like if you have if you if you play like ninety ninety head-to-heads right like say you have a hundred dollars and you do like a 90 10 split that's what a lot of people i think promote like 90 10 80 20 whatever yeah so you play 91 head-to-heads And you win sixty percent of those head-to-heads, which is like a good rate. You know, like you're you're pretty good if you're if you can win sixty percent of your head-to-heads. Yeah. Um, you're still only going to win ninety-seven dollars and twenty cents. Like you're not even going to break even. Like if you brick if you brick all your tournaments, you don't even break even. Right. So like, that's where like the cash thing doesn't really do it for me. You know, like I, I think as like a thought exercise, I love the idea of trying to find the best lineup. But like, I'm not getting down. I'm I'm not even really getting down hundreds of dollars a week in cash unless like I think it's a really good slate so like for me that's why I don't really play those things because I'm like well uh, unless I'm gonna win like 65% of the time like I'm really not gonna make that much money and I have to put a lot of my money out there to kind of make like any money at all right you even if you want 65% you're gonna make like three dollars you know like (laughs) so like that's that's part of like the goals thing right you know like if you're playing like eight grand a week and that 6% ROI is going to like actually put money in your pocket. Like that makes sense. But for me, it just, it just kind of doesn't. So I I just, I really wanted to touch on that because I feel like a lot of people when they play, and I definitely, me, like when I first started, I'm just like, Oh yeah, like I'll just go, you know, I'll go 80, 20, I'll go 90, 10 and I'll be, you know, I'll cover my bases. I'll be okay. But it's like, you actually like have to have really consistent, really high level results to make money that way.
1: Yeah my My general uh, you know breakdown of of how I play most weeks is usually um, i I enter all of the all of the double ups like the the big ones the the five, ten, twenty five, fifty whatever uh, however many of those I need to do <laughs> to pay for the GPPs um, and you know when when it hits, then I don't have to worry about anything. Uh, when it doesn't, then I just tell uh, my face off for four days and uh, and try it again the next week. So um, I yeah, I think that there's there are plenty of people who play uh, who play, sometimes you run into people in there in like head to heads and you're like, I should just only be playing head to heads because they're like these lineups are just right. god awful. But at the same time, like you, you do have to realize what your what you're making when you're when you're winning those head to heads like it's nice it's a good ego boost when you're like oh i recognize this name and i just you know i just stomped on this guy or whatever um but like i I don't know i I, it's kind of a joke but also like you're you are paying the rake when you win head to heads uh right like that's why i like the double ups because you're actually doubling up your money
0: Co- totally agree totally agree I, i'm like i you know the thing and then but then you get into the issue of like the swings are just way wider when you're playing those contests but at least like yeah i'm with you like i, I the, the conceptually like the people who who lose paying the rake
1: you know makes more sense to me yeah. you know like that's that's that sounds nice to me you know? Right. like if you're if you're playing a dollar head to head and you get a dollar 80 back like why why did i have to why did i have to forfeit those those 20 cents right, right. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's, uh, that's definitely, uh, something that people probably don't realize. Like, and you also have to understand that a lot of the people that are registering for a contest, like don't even really pay attention to like what the rake is or anything like any sort of, uh, you know, the things that we talk about that make for good bankroll management, like a lot of people that are in the lobby just are just making a lineup with their favorite team and hoping for the best you know what i mean
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean the best evidence of that was was fantasy draft because they went rake free and they said you know pay this pay this fee you know and that's like your rake for the month or whatever and people were like oh i want to pay this but like they didn't they don't realize that like they're paying it anyway you know what i mean like so that's that's like the best example i can come up with of of that you know that whole ecosystem and maybe the people, a lot of people not understanding what's
1: happening yeah for sure and i mean listen i i know a guy who won the the millionaire uh millionaire maker on DraftKings just Correct. by that huge stack uh of the bears that one week so uh you know i guess it it happens like you you see uh you see plenty of the of you know quote-unquote bad lineups uh that end up winning gpps all the time so i guess i guess we're the donks for not uh not getting there yet oh it's so true <laughs> um so, right, Sorry, so,
0: quite your original question now um,
1: yeah so let's let's <laughs> salaries go uh go up on sunday night what are what are you doing all right before we get back into the show i want to uh, tell you guys about one of our new sponsors thera one cbd From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurseland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions, that's the important part, the natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim to be organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler, and some of these fillers are potentially toxic. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, you can use the body balm for targeted relief, and they even have a sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. Now through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you have to go to Theragon.com/bluewire. blue wire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something that they are likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire only until Labor Day. So go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire and get your buy one, get one deal today.
0: I mean, I like to just scroll through like I'm I'm really big on the just create lineup button and I want to just kind of scroll through and see if there's any like values that pop out to me right away. Any prices that I think are interesting, you know, if there were any injuries during the day, you know, how does that sort out? Uh, So I just kind of like to make that dummy lineup right away. I'll enter that into my contest kind of throughout the week. And, you know, I'm not like doing any research on that. I'm just kind of. This is just kind of like my first look. I like getting that like periphery view of the slate when I get a chance.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good, uh, a good set of steps to take just because that's how a lot of people build their lineups. And it, it gives you a good idea. Uh, a lot of the times where, uh, some of the chalkier options might end up being. And if you, you know, if you click on somebody that ends up being a little bit less owned, you probably feel a little bit better about it too.
0: Yeah, I think actually, I mean, no way for you to actually acquire this data, but it would be, it would be really interesting. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe like fan share tags or something like this basically does that. But like, I would just love to know like who people click when they first open the lobby. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if you knew that, if you knew that on Monday, that would be pretty cool. You know, I know we're kind of speaking in like
1: theoretical, but
0: <laughs> that's like, that's how, that's how ownership's created. You know, it's like, what's your first thought?
1: Oh, for sure. And then, you know, then we all, we all create our content and send it through the echo chamber and, uh, and we get the hive mind going and, you know, you have uh, a 40% owned running back every week or whatever. Love it. Um, all right. So let's, uh, you, you do your first click, Uh uh, you make a couple of lineups that you like, what, how are you, uh, like which, which stats do you think are important um, how are you sort of deciding like, oh, this is this is gonna be good chalk, this is gonna be bad chalk, all those all of those sorts of decisions as you work your way through uh to kickoff? Like what what are the the stats that you're really uh paying attention to?
0: Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Like the more I've done this, the less work I do. Like I I'm like a big minimalist, like I try to be efficient in a lot of things. And like a lot of the stuff that I'm doing throughout the week is really just absorbing information from smart people. Like I'm not, I'm not out there grinding the PFF logs. Like I'm not out there grinding the athletic, but like I follow a lot of guys that do that. And like, I trust them to do it. So like guys like Levitan, you know, John Daigle, Ian Harditz, like they're posting stuff throughout the week. Like I get them on push notifications. Like I see every tweet they post. You know, Schefter, Labs, Roto World, every tweet they post, like, I see it. So, like, I'm just trying to keep informed throughout the week. I'm not really doing a lot of research. Uh, I'm not really doing a lot of, like, micro-level stuff. Right. Because for me, like, a lot of things are being kind of formalized with that Friday injury report. or, Or I guess Saturday, if you're, like, looking at the Monday night game. So, like, for me, the week is really about acquiring that kind of useful information thinking about like how that could create advantages or disadvantages. I'm really, really looking at ownership. I think as a tournament player, especially ownership is probably the single most important thing. And we'll talk more about that later. Uh, but in terms of like my own statistics, like the only thing I'm really building for myself is uh, I'm, I'm really big into Whopper plus for wide receivers. Um, very, very similar to like Josh Myers Whopper. I tweeted about this last year, but yeah just focuses on like the raw data instead of the percentages. For me, I like having the raw data. I mean, obviously I'm going to reference the percentages anyway, but I like having that raw data because like someone who, someone who sees 30% of the targets and 20% of the air yards on the Vikings is a lot different than someone who sees 30% of the targets and 20% of the air yards on the chiefs, you know, like the actual, like the actual product of that is what scores you points. So that's something that I run every week. I, ran, I post like a lot of visuals on that, on my timeline. That's, that's important information for me. And that's something that only I do really for myself. Obviously, anybody could do it. So I'm not saying like, this is like, I'm <laughs> special. But that's something that, that's the only thing where I'm not like outsourcing it basically to other, you know, to other people. So, but, you know, I'm looking at Vegas, I'm looking at projections, but like, that's like the one thing I do for myself. And when it comes to projections, like this is the big thing for me. Like, all that stuff that most of you guys are researching every week, like, it's baked into the projections. So, like, if you if you subscribe to FTN and you're looking at the Saberson projections or Kyle's projections, whatever, like, if you subscribe to Labs and you're looking at their projections, like, all the stuff that you're thinking about in, in terms of, like, slate context, like, it's already factored into those projections. Right. So, the, a huge mistake that people make is they double count a lot of stuff. Like, they'll say – they'll see – you know Ezekiel Elliott is the the number two running back on the slate in in points per dollar, and then they look at Vegas and they say, well Dallas is an eight point home favorite, like jam him in. I'm like, well, well, you you were already factoring that or in. And they That's already took already that into it, in the yeah. projections, you know. <laughs> like so, like for me, like like considering Vegas is more about considering uh, like how can games play out, and trying to have like some range of outcomes there not really like a like a very in-depth statistical process but you want to consider things like that but in terms of just like the raw outputs like I'm using projections you know I I think that's the most efficient way to do it I would love to make my own but I don't really have that kind of time and you know I'm doing like a lot of my own work like teacher whatever but like that's the beauty of having projections and I think for most people especially most people probably listening to this like you subscribe somewhere like Trust the projections. If you don't like, the, if the projections don't work, then you should go to a different website. You know, you should look somewhere else.
1: I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I I think, uh, I would, I would find it hard, um, to, to really like wrangle in everything that I, that I want to look at. So relying on projections is obviously looking at, you know, raw points and looking at ownership. Like if you, if you feel comfortable, with both of those things from wherever you're subscribing, then that's uh, that's money well spent. Cause it probably saves you a ton of time. Yeah. And then the, the whole idea of like also understanding, uh, like you mentioned the news towards the end of the week, paying attention to, you know, this guy is going to miss. I think that one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest leaks probably in, in my game is not knowing enough about, uh, Maybe. I don't know. You'll probably push back on this. I think personally, my me knowing literally zero about anything defensively about anybody um, is probably uh, is probably a mistake on my part. Like I if I was better at that, I think I could probably uh, adjust easier and make, you know, figure out like, oh, I like these projections, but I might consider this a little bit more and, and, give guys bumps here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, I know you're very, uh, very defense doesn't matter, man. but, and yeah. I agree with that, <laughs> but I also think that, uh, like late breaking stuff, like, you know, uh, this, this corner is out or this D whatever is probably, um, is probably not accounted for in actual ownership or those projections. Mm-hmm. um, So just sort of having like a basic understanding of that could probably.
0: uh, No, no, I I agree. I mean, yeah, from a macro level, defense doesn't matter to me. You know, like I'm not, I don't really care that much about it. But like, it is important to kind of understand. Like, I do think that like defensive quality has impact on ranges of outcomes. Like, let's say the best defense in the league is the 49ers. Like, it's probably a lot less likely that, a player is going to hit their 90th percentile outcome against a really good team than it is against a really bad team. You know, like that, that stuff definitely is important. Uh, cornerback matchups. I love, especially like the slot. And I think that's our most project, uh, projectable matchup. So I think that stuff's definitely useful. Like it's definitely important information to know. Um, you just can't go crazy with it. You know, like there's definitely people who will overweigh, overweigh all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's that's really the what you leave yourself exposed to anytime you look at any information, you know, like how much is too much. So I think, right. yeah, like I think having some knowledge of that definitely helps. Uh, I don't think it's a requirement, but I think it could be useful, definitely.
1: And not only that, it's, you know, when it's baked into the projections and when uh, people believe in it, it also might open up opportunities in like a tournament uh, context to take advantage of, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins. I I mean, it's not going to happen this year going as Patrick Peterson or whatever, you know, like insert, insert quote unquote shadow corner here. Um, You know, if, if it ends up being, you know, if he ends up being like 8% instead of he would usually be 19%. Then maybe that's a decision point that you that you need to make and say you know what he's going to be lower owned. I know that his ceiling is is maybe capped most of the time, but could he still get there? Like probably, right?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with all that.
1: Um, so I personally play a ton of of main slate, and I always sort of uh, you know I'll throw in a showdown a, a showdown lineup for funsies every once in a while, but uh i really i don't i don't play a ton of like the thursday through sunday or thursday through monday or the weird like prime time monday night thursday night thing um just quick quick word association what do you think of uh when you start thinking about the thursday to sunday slate and are Uh, you ever playing it
0: yeah i mean i think it's an underplayed edge because i don't ever play it i they're like every like every smart person i know is like you play the thursday to sunday you fade the thursday game like you just swallow the ownership on the bad you know the bad outcomes i'm like oh yeah that makes so much sense but like i just then i just never reg. like i just i just so i'm so focused on that main slate um i think that goes for a lot of those like smaller slates by the way also like not just thursday to monday but like the early morning slate the the late the afternoon slate like yeah. All those slates have, have varying degrees of edge to them. Uh, and I think it's worth exploring. Like, I I think that that's, like, a really good way. And I know you said quick word association. I'm, I'm just going to ramble. Like, <laughs> like, I... I got
1: nothing but time.
0: When we talk about, like, kind of maximizing your edge, part of that is being able to get down as much as you can, right? Like, I, we talk about this with golf all the time, right? Like, if you're playing one golf slate a week, even if you're really good, like there's only 50 slates a year or whatever. Like, but if you're playing showdown now, you're four slates a weekend. Like you're, you're increasing kind of like you're smoothing out your results, you know, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm trying, I think this year I want to try to play a lot more of the smaller slates. I'm going to try to play Thursday to Monday, even though I think Thursday to Monday and, and, and the Sunday only slate is going to be pretty similar for the most part. So it may not be like, you may not actually be like increasing your edge. You may just be increasing your risk. But I I do want to I do want to try to get in on some of that because I do think that's a good way to realize your edge sooner. You know, maybe see some of the holes in your process sooner, stuff like that. So I I do want to get more involved in those slates.
1: Yeah, the the early and late like Sunday, you know, the one o'clock games and the four o'clock game only slates. uh, I do play I play cash uh, on those and I just do double ups. And I have
0: to think there's just like a ton of mistakes in those slates
1: yeah and i most like it's not a it's not just an automatic like i'm playing x percent of my week there but a lot of times if i'm like if i'm not as confident in my cash team for the main slate i can kind of hedge out a little bit um and you know throw uh you know 15% 15% of whatever I'm playing on the main slate and take that running back that I really want to fade, but I can't like do 0%. And I only run one, one cash lineup for the main slate. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that there. Um, So that's the only time that I really do that. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever, have you ever played the the Monday, Thursday, primetime slate? Literally never. Like, right? I, just like I see it all like- the time. And the I'm like,
0: is just too long for me. Like, I don't want to keep my money on for like, like if I want to, if I want to stare at my like bad contest for four days, I'll just go play golf.
1: Like, I don't need to,
0: <laughs> like, I don't need to do that with football.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I always see that. And I don't even think the, the, the prize pools in the contests are even probably that good. Um, if I, if I want to play the primetime games, like I'd rather just do, I'd rather just do showdown um what are what are your thoughts on on showdown in general <laughs> you
0: know like the like the spongebob gif where like they're on the roller coaster and like the one guy's like Aah! and the other guy just looks like he's like really mad like that's yeah. that's like how i feel about showdown like <laughs> it's so like, it's so fun it's so fast you know but man like you can go from zero to 60 to negative 40 like real quick in terms of, like how you feel about it and Um, just like so much instant regret. Like you definitely have to like, there's definitely more like mental preparedness that has to go into a showdown slate, but those, you know, that's like a whole different skill to me, like being really good at showdown versus being good at some of these other slates. Um, you know, obviously like guys like Druby or just, or just the stone nuts and stuff like that. Um, but I think if you're really into like game theory and things like that, like showdown is, is the way to go.
1: Yeah. I, I told myself, uh, during the during the pandemic uh, you know, during like the real hard quarantine that I was going to do some, do some showdown research. And uh, I did exactly zero. So <laughs> it, it might be too late. I, I might have to do that uh, throughout the season and hope for a, uh, hope for a hit as the year goes on. But um, I definitely want to play, definitely want to play more showdown uh, for, for the reasons that you mentioned, like I love the game theory stuff. Um, I think like single entry showdown, is just like super interesting um because i can see like the you know make 20 or make 150 lineups and do all these different combinations that you think like could correlate well and and go but like picking that one lineup for showdown i think is uh you know i i like to i like to either boom or bust pretty quickly and i think that's the way to do it
0: <laughs> well and i think in showdown in particular I haven't like tested this, but I would imagine like a lot more people are going closer to the optimal in Showdown because it's so much it's so much more I mean, we see in, in single entry all the time that it's a lot more conservative. Right. But in Showdown in particular, like I think it's a lot more difficult to click enter on a lineup that's like a little off the wall. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of with you. Like I I always end up like throwing a lineup into the like, oh like you know, ten dollars, win a a th- hundred thousand, like, but I I want to try to be a lot more disciplined in my showdown this year and and do the more of those single entries because I, uh, I don't know if like how I feel about MME on main slate really carries over in terms of just like how I work. I don't know if it really works for me on, uh, on showdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, well uh, I I'm, I'm debating doing like a, like a solo uh, a solo show every so often throughout the season and maybe that'll maybe it'll be my adventures in uh in showdown world <laughs> and everybody can just uh just laugh at me for for all the bad mistakes that i make in the showdown beginning. showdown diary with matt yeah and... <laughs> um all right let's uh let's move on a little bit and go i i guess sort of back to uh back to the main slate uh there's obviously going to be uh, probably more breaking news and uh, and adjustments that need to be made in our current uh, what what does Davis call it the the COVID hellscape? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what do you think is uh, besides obviously like tracking news? Like how how do you think all of this is going to happen? Like do you see uh, do you see like a ton of guys of fantasy relevant guys getting uh, getting declared out at the last minute? Um, how do you think we're going to have to adjust for DFS in this, uh, in this current world? So first of all, I'm feeling like as confident as I ever have in football. So like, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I, we're going to have a season. Is it like inversely, is it inversely correlated to, uh, how confident we are about school right now? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No school is on school is done. But like, (laughs) I like, But like, you
0: know, the protocol seemed pretty good. We had that thing last week with the false positives where like every team basically like was enacting their like emergency fallout plan, you know, like breaking the glass. Like it was great. You know, like honestly, like it really was revealing and insightful to see that these teams had things in place. So I feel good about there being a season. Inevitably, there is going to be coronavirus. Like it's going to happen. Like someone's going to get it. A team's going to get it. We just saw it with baseball. It's going to happen. So I don't know if it's going to be every slate. Like, I don't think we're going to have like, like, I don't think Rams wide receivers, they're all out. Like, I don't think that's going to like, I don't think it's going to happen every week, you know, but I think there is going to be like at least one slate where, you know, it's 1130 or, or noon Eastern time. And Adam Thielen's out. Uh, Maybe Patrick Mahomes is out. You know, like like something, yeah. something, something somewhat major. Or at even in a higher level, or what I think is even creating more edge, is like when that happens for a late game. Because we talk about this all the time. Like people just don't, they're allergic to late swap. And like for the most part, it's whatever, you know, like you're not getting your edge when you're behind in like a head to head game, stuff like that. Um, but like we see all the time already. Late injury news doesn't make its way in the ownership, so right. like if it, it, heaven forbid, like someone's ruled out unexpectedly, like not even on the injury report, and all of a sudden Sunday two thirty comes and and you know such and such player is out. So yeah, I do think that we want to pay a little more attention during the day on Sunday than maybe we normally would. Um, I mean, I'm building up to lock usually anyway, but yeah. in general you want to, I think, leave some more opportunities for swaps. Uh, I think, you know, good tiebreakers, leaving things maybe to a late game, stuff like that. But I I just think like you want to be, I think it's going to be a good year to be aggressive with late swap. And, you know, other than that, you're just going to see maybe just some other value, right? Like if Rams receivers are, are, if Robert Woods and Cooper Cup have COVID, but you know about it on Thursday, well, that's not really going to create, an ownership edge, it's just going to create a lot of value and then how right. you handle that. So I, I think that we're going to see some things like that. I don't know how much I'm hoping not too much, but I do think that it's kind of inevitable that it will happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm, uh, I'm having flashbacks to the, the time Montgomery uh, sickle cell game oh, yeah. uh, a, few, a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I am very curious to see, uh how that all affects ownership and i'm also curious to see if uh you know if any of the sites uh price guys differently price backups differently because of that like it would it'll be interesting to see like they've definitely done a better job in general of pricing or i mean i guess it depends on your perspective but uh they've made backup running backs more expensive over the last year or so uh and i'm curious to see if you know, if they price guys differently because of everything that's going on and, you know, not just giving, uh, you know, three free squares on a slate or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think
0: even for week one, right? Like, I think uh sal on DK for running back is like 4K for week right. one. They didn't price. Anything. I mean, not that like that's a huge difference, but I think they are thinking about it.
1: Yeah. I don't I haven't even looked. What's the uh, what's the cheapest defense? I got to make sure I uh, got to make sure I lock that in. <laughs> Oh, that I don't know, actually. I, uh,
0: but I'm pretty sure I'll play it, you know? <laughs> yes. yep. There's,
1: there's no chance that I'm, that I'm not playing the cheapest. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah. So, uh, we can, uh, we can wrap up. Uh, I'm thinking maybe hopefully something that we haven't mentioned already. Is there something, uh, that if you were, you know, coaching somebody or giving advice to a friend, what is like a base level, thing that could make like a real impact uh on on somebody's results that you think uh that you think you would you would share?
0: Uh, I think just uh how you approach your stacks in tournaments. Um I mean first of all people just aren't still stack still just aren't stacking enough. But I've been uh listening and, and reading a lot of stuff from Jordan Cooper, aka uh, Blender H D on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, very sharp. Uh, but something that he talks about a lot, and that I've really last year I really integrated in my play a lot, and I thought it increased my results greatly. Um, basically, just looking to get unique via your stack, right? Versus trying to find like the right low owned uncorrelated plays with a higher on stack. Um, you know, I, I think remembering that we're looking to create a lineup versus looking to just find the best plays or, you know, like maybe those things sound the same to a lot of people, but like you're trying to create a unique lineup that has a chance to win a tournament. And if you are getting the uniqueness portion with your stack, the correlated part of your lineup, you're in better position to win a GPP. If that stack goes off, right? Like if I stack, if the Eagles are playing. Um, uh, I don't know who sucks. They're playing, they're playing the Raiders or something, right? And like, Wentz, the Wentz stack, the Wentz to Rager to Ertz stack is thirty is twenty percent owned. Well, like, if you're in the Millie or something, or you're really any GPP, like, you're competing against thousands and thousands and thousands of lineups that have that same stack. So like right. if they if that stack hits, you still have to get six other spots exactly right to win. But if you stack the Bengals against the Seahawks and, you know, Burrow to Boyd to Uzuma run it back with Chris Carson. You know, and like that combination is a percent owned, right? Maybe even less than a percent owned. And there's 18 lineups that have that stack combination. And that stack goes off. Like you have a much better chance to win and you don't have to get like very crazy with the other plays. You can just play the best guys, you know, like, if you play, if you have, you know, if you're considering price, like you should consider price in your stack also. It's like, if you're playing, I mean, a Burrow, Boyd, Uzuma stack, run back with Carson, probably doesn't cost you that much. So, you know, you can play Michael Thomas or you can play Christian McCaffrey. Like you can play right. the studs that are going to get you points. Um, So to me, that's just a better way to kind of build your lineup. I love the stacks that include the tight end. Because I think if you're not playing a stud tight end, it's really difficult to get a lot of production out of that position. So you're building in, I think, some of that correlation into uh, like a low, like a low value part of your roster, basically. Right. I love doing that also, but I think like just making those like few small changes to how you approach stacks will make a huge difference in your results. Because now, like, I mean, you could get the you, you you could pick the correct team to stack every week if they're 20 percent owned you're probably not gonna win anything right but if you if you hit once or twice during the year on the right stack and it's a low owned you're gonna be in great position to win and it makes your whole year
1: yeah for sure and that's why uh just quick quick best ball aside like if if you're if you're primarily just trying to do mahomes hill kelsey uh, in all of your drafts then um yeah, you're like basically you're you're paying for when you do these these big stacks in GPPs. Like you're just you're hoping that they hit. Like the you're already buying them at their ceiling. Like you you need to buy stacks that uh that have room to grow and not just pay for stacks that uh only pr- pretty much have downside. Basically,
0: yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, if you want to like hear more about this thinking, like I. This is this is an unpaid solicitation. Like, I really recommend Jordan's book, audio book, "The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports." He has a link to purchase it in his Twitter bio. But I bought it. I've listened to almost the whole thing. Um, It's just really good. It's just really good quality content. If you're looking to improve, I I recommend it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I love. uh, I forget. I don't know if he was on with Davis or I heard him interviewed by somebody uh, and it, he, it definitely resonated with me and I wanted to check that out. So uh, with that, with that plus one, I'll uh, I'll have to go buy it now and, and listen to it on once I start commuting and going back to work. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you. uh, Thank you as always for, for joining me. Hopefully we'll get you on for a, a, a slate show at some point with the other guys as well. Um, of, again, you can find Anthony on Twitter at Amixta. You can find his work over at FTN. Any uh, any parting words for the folks, Anthony?
0: No, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a great year of football. We have a lot of weird things kind of surrounding <laughs> all throughout society right now. Things are not great, but but we have football, and uh, I'm excited for that. So check out all the stuff, obviously, that Matt does, and, and check out all the stuff over at FTN. I, I think we're going to have a lot of really good stuff this year for uh, for NFL
1: yeah for sure thanks again man did somebody say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered get in on all the action including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds futures and props so take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes check it out all day and night Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BlueWire to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BlueWire. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.